Welcome to episode 63 of Living The Larger Life. I am James Fitzgerald. Uh, I'm not sure if the episode will be called Impact or uh, I guess this balance between um, what is realistic and what makes sense versus what is normal. I was listening to... Uh, the, his first name is Zach, and he's part of the the Wonder School, I believe. He was uh, speaking to Dr. Jordan Peterson um, about education and just about what they are. Um, and I won't give it its due, but uh, based on what they have going, I believe in Kansas, um, and the ideas that are proposed for the kind of school. And uh, it was a good story. Uh, it's worth listening to. Uh, it's worth digging into. You know, the ideas around it. But it made me made me think um, as I was listening into it. Uh, not only just you know because I keep thinking to myself, it would be great if we had that kind of education available. Maybe we did. Maybe it wasn't around. But um, and a constant thing that's on my mind because my girls are in school is, and this generally happens when you have children and they're in school is you just question the whole educational thing. And, um, uh, I, I didn't question it or think about it as much until it was middle school for both of them. And now throughout. And I kept, kept, uh, wondering, <laughs> Uh, you know, how, if it makes so much sense, um, and I know there's been a lot of attempts at something like that, uh, why doesn't it catch on? And I think, depending upon what your view is of how things work, uh, it, you know, you may have a very quick answer for that, you know? Um, but anyhow, it made me think about all the other things that, um, and examples of which I'll give for today, um, that are somewhat similar to the same thing that's happening. If it's a concept or an issue that makes so much sense, why isn't it not, why isn't it adopted? And I think spending a lot of time on that, uh, like... I have done with uh, fitness freedom, free movement, fitness autonomy, free physical expression, the knowledge of physical expression, the the attainment of physical expression, knowledge, um, the lost art of you know recognizing these innate capabilities that people have. I see the parallel there, um, and as I started, you know, thinking about what other things that are on my mind, I saw a bunch of other similar uh, areas where things just make so much sense. Um, I'm just proposing the question. If it makes so much sense, why is it not adopted? If it makes so much sense, why is everyone doing it? Um, if it makes so much sense for most people, why can't... Uh, like what I was thinking about when I was listening to the Wonder School project, why can't it scale? Now, again, I realized that, that 
uh, you may have a very quick answer for that. I'm just asking it out loud. Um, so I guess overall the idea for today is to ask that question out loud, but also to see some of these parallels in different topics. So the Wonder School was one area where I looked at that. Uh, where I asked that question. If it, you know, why is it not scaling? Why doesn't, you know, um, I hope you understand what I mean. Like after you're listening to it and you think of the ideas, right, with all the positives inside of what the school is looking to do for, I think it's for specifically for six to 11 year olds and how they teach it, et cetera. But that's beside the point. Just imagine that without you knowing anything about it, it's, it's this, it's uh, the greatest idea. Okay. For young people's education. That is very, um, do I say progressive in its approach? Um, it certainly is moving beyond the concept of the you know setting these little people up to be like factory workers, where we just you know shove this stuff in their head, and after grade twelve they just get out and and do life. Um, it's it truly is amazing, you know. And so, uh, if it, you know. It's such a great idea, you know, uh, it's such a great idea. idea. And, you know, the, the first thing that I go to in all of these situations that I'll explain is that it's, so, they're so deep. The education system is so deep and so far into one particular conforming method. And uh, you can do your research or listen to my points. I mean, many people have discussed it before minority, major majority, et cetera, and what they mean and effect size, et cetera. You know, the public education system in America um, is doesn't look anything like what this person was proposing. So if it's not just me, but a lot of people would listen to that and see it. Um, and regardless of their opportunity to do anything, either with kids or future, et cetera, um, they have to then, of course, turn and say, well, what's the option for young people today? And then they experience themselves when they become parents is they just look at the education system after listening to Zach talk about the Wonder School, um, and this is the, the <laughs> you know, this is where they recognize that the, you know, whatever, whatever the education system has been around since, you know, uh, it's called the Dust Bowl times, um, and what that looked like. like and how it's structured and et cetera, and all it seemingly looks like today in most public schools. Um, it's so deep in that it's very tough to even see um, any impact that the Wonder School will make long-term on the progress. Now, this doesn't, just on this particular one, and I want you to think about it for all the ones I'm talking about. Um, Wonder School, Fitness Autonomy, Regeneration Farming, um, Dave Ramsey, Idea, Vivek, 
Ramaswamy's idea of vitalism, alternative therapies to COVID, uh, new energy, interracial um, relationships. Um, and, I, and I'm just picking on those as a particular similar idea. I want you to see and ask the question, what do you define as impact? <clears throat> because, you know, impact overall to education, sure, you could say that it's the ideas that are uh, born from Dr. Peterson and then Zach speaking, and maybe that moves some things, you know, never know. There could be, you know, a Peter Thiel like figure listening in who just throws, you know, $3 billion at something, something like that. Okay. Um, you could even look, look at the, you know, maybe it's a similar one, uh, with, uh, you know, doing it your own way, like the, I think it's called the university of Austin is proposing to do. Okay. So this, that would be, a, it's funny, I didn't mention that, but that'd be a similar idea. And I can glump that into the education component. My whole point being there, they're so deep, like the traditional structure is so deep in um, that the impact in the current time, that Wonder School and University of Austin, in this particular situation, up against the traditional versions of education, you know, we, you have to question, is it making any impact whatsoever? You know, is it making impact for uh, the the thirty kids, let's say, in Texas or Kansas? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. You know, so if that's what you're defining as impact, that it that it affects thirty out of I don't know thirty million, then okay. But uh, that's the that's the, the let's call it a through line or a similar patterns that I'm seeing in a bunch of these different areas. Uh, an obvious one, um, which parallels to this, I've spoken at length of it, but I'll just bring it up because it ties into this uh, conversation is fitness autonomy uh, in physical expression specifically. So physical expression, uh, everyone's individual own right to have uh, fitness autonomy um, where they have in my opinion, uh, freedoms uh, with their own self-knowledge gain to move around every day and to physically challenge themselves and never need any instruction. Never need any instruction, uh, you know, based upon that, which takes a lengthier conversation. Around the never needing any instruction, I know it's very difficult for people to understand, but um Think of that in the same idea based on this wonder school. I see it the same way. I see the people that are within coaching or within the public participating in this idea. Um, I see that that group being very, very small and it's having a very, very small impact overall as well. The idea, right? And I do think it's a great idea. I think fitness autonomy and the concept of fitness autonomy and physical expression is a great idea, you know? If there was aliens listening in to me talking to Jordan Peterson about um, free physical expression and how young people learn to do these things and develop these specific skills that they could stick with them forever, right? Just like skills that you pick up with Socratic method for these kids at Wonder School sticks with them forever. Um, you know, I could see the aliens go, oh, that's a freaking great idea, right? But then if the aliens did more research, they'd look around and see these uh, fitness surfs, basically, you know, everyone dependent upon, um, their coach or dependent upon their paycheck or dependent upon, 
the gym in their area or depending upon where they live. It, 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 just, it's, a, it's a dependent situation. You know, um, and, and more so, it's not just those things, but it's also, you know, um, a lack of knowledge around uh, the fitness autonomy concept in itself. So I'm seeing, you know, and again, and I've asked this question numerous times and I've, I've got a lot of really weird, you know, I guess radical ideas for how it can scale. But, you know, you do have to ask the same question. Why can't it, it, it scale and grow if it makes sense, right? So if it's not only those aliens, but 95% of all Americans look at that idea without any attachment to it emotionally in fitness autonomy, and look at it and go, yeah, geez, man, that really makes sense. That really makes sense. Then you have to ask the question, why can't it scale? No, I have, I have my own personal opinions and answers to it. Um, but it's, it's, it's outside of this conversation for today. I just want to bring up the point that it's a similar characteristic in there of, is it really impactful if, if I just come up with an idea of phys- physical autonomy and fitness autonomy in physical expression mode for this modern times for exercise. Um, is it any impact whatsoever? You know, um, will people in 2083 look back at my letters to my friends in emails letters and go, Oh man, like the Madison Jefferson letters, you know, <laughs> be like, Oh man, these guys were talking about these interesting things with fitness autonomy. And again, I apologize to put myself in that category of it, but I'm just, just think of it as like letters between people of ideas that really didn't like, you know, come to seeing its importance for hundreds of years. So maybe, maybe if it's an idea that's not realistic, right? Because the idea of the wonder school or fitness autonomy is not realistic, right? When you, Remember the example I given is someone sees the schools like, oh, really great. And then they come out in society and they're like, holy crap, like that's just, that's just not reality, right? So what do you do with that? Do you kind of just ho-hum? Uh, do you kind of just, you know, treat laissez-faire treatment of it? Um, what do you do about it? Or is there something behind it? Right? Is there something... Uh, there's something that we need to ask like in this particular topic. And again, I, I don't want to go too far just on fitness autonomy itself, but is there something within fitness autonomy? Is there something behind that, that I know like specifically me, I know to be true in regards to fitness autonomy um, that could really raise some really uncomfortable aspects, really uncomfortable thoughts. You know, and that's how I've landed on the point of looking at dependency and uh, uh, the gaining of knowledge and competency of knowing about your own capabilities and how to take care of yourself and write your own programs, you know, that's where I've come to. So maybe that's one of the answers where it's not going to scale because it's hard. It's not going to be um, anything more than just a great idea because it's very difficult. It goes against what the norm is. Right. So back to these just two, two examples, what is the norm for an eight year old? Just to be in a public school and to sit in a chair at a desk that's lined up, you know. Now, I'm sure I could have listeners in, maybe 98% of all the listeners or every 98% of the 27 people that listen to this um, may go, whoa, gee, we're at home school or my kid's in a charter school or, you know. Okay, but 
do, do some more reading as to what the regular eight-year-old um, does as far as education in America. Okay. Uh, what does an eight-year-old? What are most, you know, and most of them are in public schools. Okay. For good reasons. For a lot of good reasons. So again, the through line there is, you know, is there any impact whatsoever from that? The only one that I thought of was regeneration farming, regenerative farming. Uh, and I can't really give percentages, but I just want to think about it on that as an idea that is in similar line. You know, is it really impactful long term? You know, where you know, I've I've heard not I've heard the you know the righteous and good people who really believe in this. Um, regenerative agriculture movement. And in my opinion, it makes so much sense. But it's my opinion. Okay. And again, I'm just, just the way I see it. Um, but I also see it exactly like the other two areas that were mentioned with regards to young schooling and physical expression autonomy. That it's, it's simply an idea, though, that bumps up against what is the norm. You know, another another thing that we may want to ask in all of these are: Are they just re reactionary movements? You know, are they just reactions to the norm? And it, does that make it more worthwhile? Getting sidelined on that. You know, and there are answers to this as well. But if it, it you know, uh, why can't regeneration agriculture scale if it makes sense for most? You know, I've spoken to. We just call him Farmer John because he is a farmer and his name is John. Um, but we have him on text. I have lots of conversations with him where we get our um, energy from the planet, from this gentleman. And uh, he's a Gia River Cattle, I think is the name of his company. Um, you know, we send some articles back and forth of what's going on in that world. But this guy, I mean, this guy ha is the, you know, the, the dirt under the nails and, you know, sending pictures of the animals and the land, et cetera. This is, this is real stuff, right? This is real stuff. My whole point being is that uh, I know from these folks of all the difficulties that are currently in place from the current systems and regulations and scenarios. Um, but anyone who looks at, this, at John's situation, they say the same thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great idea. Yeah. That's really impactful. Is it? You know, what's your definition of impact? You know, what's your definition of impact? Um, and again, don't, you know, don't get nihilistic and hesitate to make any movements with your realizations. Uh, or make, make no movements because of your realizations that, yeah, there's just so much in terms of just classifying and under, under big ag that can't be done against that idea. And there's even you know, good conversations with individuals that are making a positive impact of trying to talk within those areas of big agriculture as to how regenerative practices can kind of move, move into that. I mean, they're going to, they're going to get into a bunch and bump up against a bunch of troubles also, but it's a similar thing. If it's such a great idea, why isn't it adopted by most? 
Is it because it's very difficult? Well, in this situation, yes, very difficult. Um, I mean, just do your litany of YouTube uh, videos of people starting farms. Now, seven out of ten of those are just narcissists, narcissists who have no business on doing it, but you'll see three out of the ten who really mean it. And in most cases, they're uh, filming themselves or someone has come to do the documentary on them. And you know what I mean when I say the three of the ten are, are, are not in that area, but uh, they're really doing it for the right reason. And it's very difficult in this situation. Very difficult. Um, another area was, it's not just Dave Ramsey, but it's the concept of, uh, and again, for, uh, you know, from the outset, I'm hoping anyone who listens in is going to understand that I really don't give a shit about your feelings uh, when I bring up specific topics or people or, or either. But, um, you know, I'm just making mentioning of it that I could say, um, I don't know, who's the loud guy? Kramer. Um, Jim Kramer. You know, I could say that. that. If people say that, like, oh, he watches MSNBC. Uh, you know, uh, I could say uh, Robert Kiyosaki. You know, oh, my God, he's a Trump lover. You know, I, I'm using Dave Ramsey. And um, so my whole point being there is that Dave Ramsey's concept of a debt, being debt-free post-college, in this just, he has, you know, him and his weekend and team has a lot of a lot of shit that just simply makes sense but it's the exact same example you know just think of what i said there and that's why i picked on this one to be debt free post college um, for most american university students so just think about that statement right and ask yourself the question <clears throat> how many university students are debt free after college Um, you don't have to answer it to me now because obviously I can't hear you. <laughs> but um, it, this is another example, right? It's such a freaking because because the steps, and I won't go through it. I can't give it. I've done two of the courses, and in my mind, it's just it's almost like it's almost like you want to put the information down because it makes so much sense. That's what it's like, okay? Um, but also. There's a lot of hard work inside. There's a lot of tough decisions inside also. It's very difficult. I hope you can see the, the parallel pieces here. Why can't it scale if it makes sense for most? Well, maybe there's something behind it. If it's, if it's just simply an idea without Dave being realistic. Right? There's a lot of unfortunate challenging realisms inside of that, you know? people getting to the point where they can actually be debt-free right after college. And there's a specific workaround plans to get people to that. But um, so the question again, I'll ask it a different way, maybe just for this particular topic, like I have with the school and fitness autonomy, regeneration farming, and now with Dave's debt-free post-college. Um, is it impactful? You know, I've seen, two specific document documentaries that would show it's extremely impactful for the people that were part of it. And just as a side note, uh, not as a sponsor, but uh, to recommend you just search that out and, 
and look at some of those movies if you get access to them. Um, it's some good learning in there. Some definitely challenges, especially if you're a young parent um, um, or you know, you're just a couple years away from your kids going into university um, or college, or that's something down the road you may even be interested in yourself and you're listening in, then it's something that, yeah, you should uh, get into. And speaking of that, our uh, sponsor for today is Kirkland Signature Purified Water. And uh, I bet you didn't know that uh, it comes with minerals added for taste. I also bet you didn't know that it's a the bottle is made with 50% recycled plastic. 50% of this bottle here that's sitting in front of me. Kirkland Signature. Yeah, I think total it adds up to maybe uh, maybe 10 cents for a bottle of uh, 500 mils of this purified water. Those sounds that you heard was part of the commercial for the sponsorship for today. Drink your water, folks. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, again, a preempt based upon, um, I could use, I guess in a different way, but the percentages are different based upon how, what polls are happening now with uh, uh, RFK Jr or maybe some others, but um, I'm going to use Vivek Ramaswamy, who is a candidate um, with the Repub on the Republican side, uh, who's going for the presidency. And of course has to go through uh, elections first in order to get to that point where he can quote unquote be on stage. But his movement, um, I would say that, uh, it's, uh, it's fairly interesting, just as a side note, to see all the conversations that are happening on, you know, how uh, Barack Obama used, you know, social media concepts to move things. Donald Trump certainly used it. And now the story is being said that with this very quick change in media, the alternative media concepts and podcasts is being used as a place um of conversation um, for these candidates to get out there and kind of say what they'd like. I'm going to use Vivek Ramaswamy just as an example of all those representatives. Um, of the goals that they have, you know, the goals that they have. And this is an easy one. I mean, this is like a softball for those who I'm not an expert in this area, but for those who know in this area, um, like my neighbor, um, as an example, uh, about how they talk about the bloat of bureaucracy in Washington. And um, they don't use it in terms of deep state, you know, because that's just, it's a darker word that can't be used, unfortunately, today. But um, of a system that's so deep, my whole point being that Vivek Ramaswamy's goals, um, I mean, if you didn't know who the person was and it just came across uh, your you know, YouTube logarithm and landed in your lap and you didn't have some prior biases politically because that would just screw it all up for you. And you listen to what he has to say as goals that he's setting for the executive branch of government. Um, it just, it's a similar idea. It just makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. 
Now, again, I can, I can understand if individuals are of a, uh, you know, small government libertarian sway, you would disagree with some of the things that you may argue with Ramaswamy's points and of overreaching. Um, if you were a uh, democratic liberal, um, you may uh, disagree with the notions that are just laid up there for pro-life or, um, uh, you know, some other things that just may, in your political sway, may not be, you know. But again, if you take away all of those and just listen to it, um, the goals that he would have set for uh, the executive branch, it just makes you wonder although we, you know, many do have the answers to this, but it just makes you wonder why can't that idea flourish, you know, for him to quote unquote make an impact because his impact would be, of course, that he becomes president or VP, you know, secretly, maybe he's setting himself up for, um, would it be so impactful, you know? And I, again, I know show horse versus workhorse. I know, um, politicians and, you know, never, never trust so much in them because they'll always let you down. I know that's, you know, it's a big talk. And then when it comes to policy and things that follow through, it's very low end on that, but let's just, let's just dream a little dream here um, and use it as a parallel example of what I've been discussing, you know, but we're so deep into what is currently in place for a two party quite, divided uh, uh you know show horse political system of, of a ton of unintelligent people trying to do really intelligent things that are important to society um you know what kind of it's so deep what kind of impact is is Vivek's uh, goals for the executive branch going to have and if it's such a great idea why isn't it not adopted Um, and why can't it scale? Now, in this case, scaling uh, this presidential candidate would mean that his position, you know, becomes a reality uh, for him in the White House. Uh, but why can't that happen if it just makes so much sense? And I knew that if I was going to jump into politics, it may people, it just may lose people. Because I get it, I understand. But hopefully, you could just, you know take away your biases and just say, yeah, I mean, those are great ideas, you know, great ideas. And you don't have to get into the, but did you know what he did 10 years ago? Like that's, this is the, that's what I'm saying. It's very difficult. And I understand that. Uh, another area is the, I think, I mean, I call it the vitalism movement. And I think it, it sh I guess it should be called uh, neo vitalism. You know, uh, because the the vitalism movement of years gone by that may have you know touched on humanism, transcendentalism, naturalism, etc., um, doesn't do vitalism and or neo vitalism that I'm discussing at justice. Okay, but it, you know the. And this is somewhat similar to fitness autonomy, but it's not because fitness autonomy, I just want to talk about physical expression. But let's just think about the, the 
the, in my opinion, the answers that are in place to be as vital as possible for a lifetime uh, in one particular area is just eating real food as much as possible for your whole life. Real food. Now, again, this could be uh, an argument that's within the fitness circles that a lot of people listening in may understand. Um, but if you're not within the fitness circles, um, you may be nodding your head in that. And again, it's, that's my point, you know, but so you need to ask the question, well, why can't, if it makes so much sense, right? Knowing all we know around the addictions of processed foods, uh, you know, um, containers of cereals, you know, ironically, three feet high at the grocery store, you get my point. If it makes so much sense, why doesn't everyone adopt it? Right? Because you, you will listen in. You could listen to me. Say, oh, you, you know, James, it just makes so much sense. But, you know, realistically, I just, you know, I just like to have, I like to eat these things. Or I just want to make these choices. Or, you know, realistically, no one follows that or very small amount follow that and that can bring you back to my conversation on a majority in the same way but i see it the same way we're so deep in to that area of what i call the therapeutic par paradigm we're so deep into it you know in living now the sports medicine paradigm has you know corrupted and encroached inside of fitness to kind of do the same unfortunate realisms to that but i would say the therapeutic realm i.e the doctor is on high you know holy on high uh, almost a divine state right and uh and they can fix all of our problems and because we know that they can fix all our problems along with pharmaceuticals that come with it then we don't want to spend any time talking about what's preventative to not get you to the doctor. That's my, that's what I mean by the therapeutic paradigm. Everything is a fix, right? I've discussed this as well. And just because I spoke about him earlier, uh, Jordan Peterson's whole shtick is his based upon his technical competencies of being a therapist. Right. And so what is his worldview going to be? His worldview is going to be, you can fix these things. You can fix nihilism um, from belief and faith, right? You can fix these things, you know? Um, but it's, so you can see it's all approached with a fixed mindset. And that's not what my definition is of neo-vitalism. Which is to, uh, you know, have an opportunity of knowledge from people to eat real food for their entire life. And when that's done in modern times, I think you get yourself a vital human. So with that concept of eating real food, ask those same questions, right? Are we so deep in that the, that even the idea of eating real food every day for your whole life, um, is not gonna have any impact overall. I just had this conversation with a friend I was exercising with this morning about that. Um, and it's easy stats, easy picking. Just look upon the, uh, the, the weight of Americans and look at the trend lines for the past 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. 
right? Do you think that's showing any dent of it getting better? better? No, it's not. It's not going down. And it's not stabilized. It's going up. Right? And so what do you think overall? If you could pick one thing that's going to fix it all, that most people will choose. Most people are going to choose semaglutide, ozembic, right? You can even see all the the energy that's being put into the sales around that now. Why? Because it's a fix. It's accepted as a therapeutic, right? as a therapeutic practice. And so therefore you have to say, hey, well, this neovitalism concept, why can't it scale if it makes so much sense? You know, okay, James, if you're telling me that I would never have to get into most of all those troubles with dependencies on drugs, et cetera, um, and disease and disease states, why doesn't most people doing what you're, what you're pushing? It's a great question. I mean, I think I have the answer to that, but just raising the question may get you to ask yourself, um, if it's not realistic, that whole idea Maybe there's something behind it, right? Maybe there's something there. The things that I have learned and spoke about with regards to the darker sides that's there inside of dependency in fitness. Um, and this concept of, you know, the fix it mentality is all is like, it's, it just permeates the entire fitness industry. And we don't even see it. There's a, well, there's a lot of people that don't even see it. Right. Then I would say, and I'd make the statement, the neo-vitalism movement is not going to make any impact whatsoever. Because, yeah, I'm asking the same questions. If it's such a great idea, why, is it, why isn't it adopted? Um, it, you know, every day it's becoming less controversial, but um, alternative therapeutics to COVID. always was in my mind not that controversial but you know again we're downstream from culture uh, which, which is pretty sad um, but the alternative therapeutics to covid right? that means that something besides, besides vaccines right? anything besides vaccines uh, I see that as the same light. You know, no, if you if you were to, and there were some people that weren't online, that never you know, you know, got into some of the troubles of it. But if you you know secretly talked to them and their medical professionals, they would have been telling they and they did. They told me and anyone from the get go, um, there's numerous ways to skin this cat. And after talking to them, you're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense, you know? Oh, we see this happening with older people. Oh, you know, see, we don't see this happening with kids. Oh, isn't it interesting with these two different groups in transmission? Oh, oh, we have a different, um, you know, variation of this particular thing. Is it possible we could look into where it came from? You know, how it came about? Wouldn't that certainly help us, you know? So... All of this would have made sense, right? But again, asking that question, question, I think everyone listening may know it. 
Why didn't why didn't the concept of alternative therapeutics to COVID scale? Right. If it's such a great idea, why wasn't it adopted? And you may have your own answers to that. I, I think I, I know. know. Um, but that's just that's just my own opinion. But it was such a great idea. Why wasn't it adopted? It just gives us idea on uh, asking that same question specifically to the alternative therapeutics. How impactful was it? Right. To know about that. That very my, minority opinion. That you could have done something else. Or did you look at it like we can now in hindsight easily look at it, which is cheating, but hey, it's just the way it is. Um, and see that we're, we were so deep into something in some particular area and some particular sway that it's now, you know, it's now becoming a little more uncomfortable, right? For what was pushed at, just trust the science. Getting very, very uncomfortable now. You know, where that it's gone by and they're not letting they, I guess the people in the conversations arguments around this, they're not letting it slip. Right. Um and I mean I I, I know just from uh, recognizing the public's persona and lack of trust, right? You can just see even see it in what would be called the legacy media's comments. There's so much to be learned in that. I read a opinion from Rachel Walensky, who's the outgoing director of the CDC and hold what you want in terms of like, I have very disagreeable opinions of what, you know, what the CDC did or how they handled it, but I'm not, I'm not technically competent enough, but I am intelligent enough to just look at what they, how they handle things and go, that was a shit show. A complete shit show. And I can, and my point being is that you could read her outgoing plea, you know, to the public, which is almost, a, you know, uh, an apologist uh, way of saying, like, we did the best we could, right? Which is very brief. But then you look, and this is my, my point I'm making, is that you look at the comments, let's say there's 800 comments, I don't know, there's a lot of comments. 99% of all of them were people saying, oh, you're so brave. You did the greatest job. Everyone who knows you knows you're the greatest human. And, and just think about that, right? So depending upon where you are in the world today and what you listen to and what you hear, uh, you may think the same as me and be like, that's ridiculous, right? Is that person actually being honored in terms of her operations and how she handled things with the CDC, right? Nothing against her, just how she handled the whole situation. Um, and she was the leader of it. Right. And so there's a lot of pressures that are paced by. I know that if, let's take the human out of it, you know, the, or sorry, the, the personal Rachel Walensky aspect out of it is take the leadership of the CDC inside of that. Um, we can see that that was the, that's the common parlance. That's the, that, that was the accepted realistic notion, right? But that's what we do. And my whole point being on the comments uh, of those legacy media outlets in New York Times is what this was in that I read. And you can just see that the, the alternative therapeutics uh, conversation 
um, had no impact. And it couldn't scale. And it, it, it was, in my opinion, a great idea, but no one adopted it or no one, uh, well, not, not enough adopted it. There wasn't, there wasn't enough space or room or areas that could be adopted. And just ask that question, why? Why wasn't it? Uh, new energy, right? newer forms of energy. Again, an area that I'm not, I'm not hesitating to dip my toes into, uh, not for um, argumentative sake or conspiratorial sake, because unfortunately, I guess everything is a conspiracy today. Um, but I just make mention because I, in my own reading and my own knowledge, my own attainment of these things, with regards to energy, I just call it new energy, right? So new energy would be, you know, not relying on coal or bitumen, you know. Um, uh, well, let's call them, is coal be considered? No, they'd be in two different categories. Anyways, um, fuels from the ground that, you know, indirectly without modern scientific, you know, 100% uh, management for the whole globe leads to some issues with uh, uh, with pollution in the atmosphere. Okay. So the opposite of that would be what I would call new energy. Okay. So I know the, you know, it gets conspicuous or sorry, not conspicuous, but inconsistent when nuclear energy has been around for a while, et cetera, but just, just work with me here. Right. So if it's, if it's okay for you to be able to take those and bring them to a, a uh, specific topic of it, um, bring it to um, an, a, a new energy concept and say, you know, if you can uh, understand this in the same in parallel style, right? Is it possible that this new energy concept with not only the strength that's coming from the opposite side, which there is a nuanced, you know, positive conversation, I would say that needs to be had on that. But this new energy concept um, from the outset um, would make sense, right? So just think of it from the outset making sense. Now I know, listen, I, I have a, I have two Teslas, but we have them because they're fast. Okay. It's got nothing to do with saving the planet. So I get the whole, I get, I get well, most of the understanding of the cost of it, the cost to the grid, you know, et cetera. So just work with me on that. But from an outset, even from a, from a naive sense of understanding of energy for the planet, you know, these newer forms of energy do make sense. They make a lot of sense. Um, and we can ask the same thing, you know, and again, this might be similar to fitness autonomy or um, the regenerative farming aspect. Uh, we may know the answer to, well, if it's, you know, if it's, if it can't scale, um, you know, why can't it, if it makes sense for most, meaning that I know that there's lots of, um, costs and we're really transforming people's brains really and it's it it doesn't need to happen in short order but we're trying to make a lot of things happen in short order 
just due to the pressures and again what the um, the combination of what the culture thinks based upon what science would have. And you have to ask that same thing. I mean, don't be afraid to ask the same thing. It just makes so much sense. But if it makes sense, why isn't it adopted? Why isn't it like overnight adopted? Right. And again, there's lots of discomforts in there, right? Where people saying, well, going to lose all these jobs based upon older forms of energy and et cetera. But just imagine a utopic concept, right? And I know I didn't make that same move with other areas, but I hope you could just see the parallels inside of there by asking the same thing. And also look at it in the same way by saying, yeah, we're so deep into the, you know, other version, right? We're so deep into the other version and we're not having great discussion amongst everyone inside of that quote unquote new energy area. That if it's such a great idea, why isn't it adopted by most? If we know it is an option. If we know it's an option. Uh, lastly, I just thought of this one earlier based upon a conversation I heard from uh, Camille Foster and uh, Thomas Chatterson, Chatterson Williams. I think that's his name. I apologize. Anyways, it was a great conversation on uh, colorblindness. This is from two uh, black intellects uh, that I, I love listening to and I cherish the information that comes from... Uh, from not only these two, but a bunch of different individuals in that uh, area, let's say, um, you know, of of you know interracial marriages, uh, having you know, if there's a list of things that would just knock over an entire you know cultural phenomena of being uh, divisive and uncomfortable with diversity and you know, looking at the other and looking at others that don't look like you as this immediate, you know, for however you got there, whether it's, you know, deeper aspects of the past, your upbringing, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, to ask the question, of, you know, what would, what would knock all that over? So the entire culture will just get past it. Um, the way these gentlemen talk about interracial marriage, I see it's the same way. So if you really want to allow an opening in your brain, you know, um, that you may have no control over, I have no control over, I'm not a marriage counselor. But uh, one thing that would, you know, for a future and a future uh, uh, republic and a future healthy America, uh, you know, what we get on board with is this particular idea. And that would be the through lines through all the other ones. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Um, in a more humorous lens. Yes. Um, Asian, Hispanic, black, white, all of them, just a monster monstrosity of an orgy for 20 to 30 years. And what I, what I more seriously mean by that is the, is the, constant little things that don't involve knocking over merit but the constant opportunities that we can have in place that we need to come up with new language instead of inclusion we need to come up with new language maybe we can look at uh this look at this idea that that 
we don't want to scale. Like, like it, it's just, that's my opinion. Okay. I should say that's my opinion. I don't think America wants that to scale, but I think it, it would be an answer. It would be, it would take out all, it would, in my opinion, I think I could say this, that in my opinion, it would erase all of the disgusting, um, locked in histories that we have of thought around how people see one another. Um, because this utopic vision that's placed in front of, that was placed in front of me, not only from Camille Foster, um, or Thomas Chatterton Williams, Chatterton Williams. Yeah. Ch Thomas Chatterton Williams. Um, again, I'm looking at that same idea going, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. But if it does make so much sense, why is it not adopted by most? Now, again, like similar or other topics, you specifically listen in may, may say, oh, I know why, because it's, it's this, right? And this, and you're, you're missing that point. Well, maybe I have talked, that's not the whole point of this conversation. The whole point of the conversation is to see the parallels and through lines between all of these particular topics on the same thing of impact, right? What would be the most impactful? You know, besides, in my personal opinion, um, physical expression uh, for every individual going forward in America until they die, um, this would also be on that list, right? To promote and uh, push the notion of us having some kind of societal uh, connection uh, to invoke this love for, you know, people loving, <laughs> uh, and getting together and, and creating families with those that, that don't look like them. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not an anti, you know, anything mode of me bringing up that idea. It's just something that I, my own opinion, I see it as, as really an answer, an answer to all the, all the shittiness, right? All the, the shitty ideas of the, of the sameness. Instead, we honor others and we honor the other. And I keep looking at that particular thing. I can't hesitate, but asking the same question amongst all the things that I said about wonder school, fitness, autonomy, regenerative farming, Dave Ramsey stuff, Ramaswamy, Neo-vitalism movement, alternative therapeutics to COVID and new energy. Um, why can't it scale if it just makes so much sense? Why can't it scale if it makes so much sense? And if it makes so much sense for most, why isn't it adopted? And I think just asking that question is the whole practice to really see, you know, when you, when you mentioned the words impact, like I did from the outset of that education for younger people, you could at least answer the question, right? Not for uh, an optimistic or pessimistic way of outcomes, but just asking the question. Is it impactful? Is it impactful at all? If only 30 kids in Kansas get affected um, and then carry that over, which I would assume most people listening in are from the fitness realm, 
Remember that the fitness autonomy thing, as a side note that I didn't mention, but this will be inside of your question to finalize our topic for today. This fitness autonomy thing has been, as I mentioned before, multiple times, this has been done, this has been come up for 70 years, right? But we are getting more over fat in America. Okay. So those are two things that work against one another, you know? So the ideas that were promoted 70 years ago for impact, right? Of physical expression and fitness autonomy. And I'll tie in the other things that are close to it, like neo-vitalism and alternative therapeutics to uh, diseases. Um, why can't those ideas scale? Because to me, they just make so much sense. And I think just asking the question may get you to the point of seeing maybe some of the darker aspects beside it. And I think with that, let's call it a you know, scientific process, we're going to continue to be curious on asking those questions. And through those, I don't know, we may make some dent. <laughs>